the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. Some of the news of the day, but I really want to talk to her about some of the most outlandish lawsuits filed in this year of 2022, and it's quite a list. Wendy Patrick joining us about an hour from now. At the bottom of our number two, Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale. We're going to find out about this omnibus spending bill. We're going to talk a lot about that today and also his views on what's going on at the southern border. And then at the top of our number three, the National Director of Priests for Life, Father Frank Pavone. He issued a statement this morning about being defrocked. And we'll speak with Father Pavone coming up in our number three of the program. You can always get all the updated news that you need at toddstarns.com and sign up for the daily newsletter. You also get email alerts during the day if you so desire, and that helps me personally keep up on things. And it's been a while since we've had the chance to have this conversation, and a lot of things happened while you were focused on the blessings of Christmas, while you were focused on some really brutal weather, while you were focused on other aspects of your life. For one, the federal government released the monthly report on migrant encounters. And to show you how eager the Biden administration was for this information to get out into the world, they released it after 5 o'clock Friday, meaning if you were working a full day the day before Christmas Eve, as some of us were, it still came out after your work day. I can't imagine that they were trying to hide the data in the report by burying it at the same time as this hideous omnibus bill was passed, or as people were traveling and thinking about Christmas. No, certainly this administration wouldn't try to hide bad news. Well, we know why they dumped it when they did, and we'll talk about how bad that immigration report was during our time together today. But I want to start by speaking about this $1.7 trillion spending bill. It averted a government shutdown, and there's never really a government shutdown, but let's just play along for a moment. It averted a government shutdown. It averted the proverbial lump of coal in uh, government worker stockings, you know, all of the hoopla that you hear. 4,000 pages, and I like to put it into context. You all know what a ream of paper looks like that you put in a copy machine. 
Now multiply that ream of paper by eight. That's how many pages was in this bill. The vote was 225 to 201. All of the Democrats but two voted in favor. Representative Ocasio-Cortez of New York voted against it, because apparently it wasn't liberal enough, and Representative Tlaib voted present by proxy. Let's just think about how ridiculous that is. She voted present by proxy. Thanks for making the tough choice and showing up for work on top of it. Well, in any case, Democrats lost two. Still had enough to pass. And yet, nine Republican members of the U.S. House, in the last act of the session, voted in favor. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. Seven of the nine Republicans who voted for the omnibus spending bill are out the door. It was the last vote they would take as a member of Congress. And so they showed their true colors by voting for this bloated spending bill. There were only two representatives, Representative Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania and Representative Womack of Arkansas. They're the only two to vote for this bill and still have to face the voters. You know, when you look at who signs pieces of legislation, it's the Speaker of the House and the President pro tem of the Senate. So it's Nancy Pelosi in the House and Senator Leahy, Patrick Leahy, in the Senate. The last bill they will sign in their official capacities typifies everything that is wrong with Congress and with our political system today. They're proud to put their names on it. And that is what's wrong with our system. So seven of the nine Republicans who voted for this bill never in the House, never have to face voters again. Why did they vote in favor of it? Is it, as some have suggested, their true colors coming out? Because what do they care? They don't have to be accountable. Are they trying to line up their next gig, whether it's on television or as a consultant or a lobbyist, trying to kowtow to the other side? Here's a tip to those who have the label Republican by their name. It's just a free tip for me to use. For me to you. You use it if you like. You're never going to win their love. The Republicans who abandon their principles so that they get invited to the right party so that the formerly mainstream media, the now overtly liberal media, so that those folks think that they're wonderful individuals, you're never going to win their love. They're using you for the moment, and you'll be discarded because of their disdain for you on a regular basis. So that's fine. Go ahead and vote for the bill if you truly believe in it. But if that's the case, where you been your entire congressional career? If this bill was such a good idea, where were you all along? 
In other words, why did you vote differently now when you're on your way out the door? Same thing in the Senate. Eighteen Republicans joined every Democrat. No Republican needed to vote for this bill for it to pass in either the House or the Senate. Senator Blunt of Missouri, Senator Portman of Ohio, Senator Shelby of Alabama, they threw in for it. What do they care? They're on their way out the door. Never having to be accountable to voters. There were seven of this 18 who were on the ballot just last month. Senator Young of Indiana was reelected. He got 58.6% of the vote. Senator Moran of Kansas was reelected. He got 60%. Senator Bozeman of Arkansas reelected with 65.8%. Well, hey, just got reelected. Can do what I want. Lisa Murkowski, of course, voted for it with her whopping 53.7% in re-election. So by the time you start looking at the number of individuals who were retiring in the U.S. Senate and figured out, I'll vote for it because I'm setting up my next gig, three were re-elected. What do they care? Nobody will remember in six years. That's what they're counting on. Actually, four re-elected. Alaska, please, this voting system. Do better. Do better for society. But in any event, there's seven of the 18 who either will never see a voter again or just got reelected. Some of them were, were a surprise, frankly. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know why Senator Cotton voted for it. I'm not sure why Senator Graham voted for it. I imagine they would say it's because we needed to fund the military. Well, we do. But maybe there are better ways to go about this. Maybe we should have followed regular order. And I'll talk about that after the break in a moment, what that means. Why throw in on such a bloated bill? Not even all the U.S. senators who voted to let it come to the floor voted in favor of the bill. So I have to ask these 18 Republican senators and nine representatives, what were you doing? You're not a real Republican if you're voting for spending like this, I don't think. Where are the real Republicans? Will they show up with the new Congress? Good luck. 844-747-8868. I'll talk a little more about why. Even if you love the American military as you should, they should not have voted for this bill. I'll talk about that when we come back after this break. Good to be with you, folks. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. Thanks for being along on this edition of the Todd Starn Show. There's no question, folks. America is hurting. Crime and inflation are out of control. It can be so discouraging, but there is hope. If you're a senior, you remember better than anyone how strong America can be when we work together. And that's why I urge you to join forces with AMAC. 
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC exists to enrich the lives of seniors and uphold freedom for all Americans by fighting for conservative causes. Membership comes with discounts on hotels, restaurants, cell phone service, and much more. And my friends at AMAC offer advisory services on things like Medicare, financial planning, and Social Security. Becoming a member of AMAC is easy, and it only costs $16 a year. Go to amac.us slash starns to sign up today. I'm a proud member of AMAC, and you should be too. Go to amac.us slash starns now. Join millions of other AMAC members receiving unparalleled benefits while we work together to get America back on track. Join AMAC today at amac.us slash starns. That's amac.us slash starns. Now we're getting into music that I know. Well done. Welcome back. Todd Starnes program on a Tuesday. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd this week from the Liberty University studio. 844-747-8868 is how you can join this conversation. Craig Shirley, Reagan biographer, noted author, and uh, he's called for Mitch McConnell to leave the Republican Party. We'll find out why in less than 10 minutes when he joins us on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. But let's pick up where we left off on this discussion of the federal budget. The federal government's annual year, the fiscal year, begins October 1st. The theory is the budget is in place before the start of the fiscal year. Now, I don't care if it's Republicans or Democrats who are in charge in Congress. They have missed that for the last several years. Inexcusable. Well, they pass a continuing resolution for a limited period of time, and what the, quote, CR does is simply continue funding at the current level. It just kicks the can down the road. And then they finally, perhaps, can pass an omnibus spending bill. This is in no way the normal procedure, and it is in no way what is known as regular order. Regular order says you have your hearings, you come up with your ideas, the budget is passed, before the start of the fiscal year. And one of the things that's interesting about people who are on their way out the door is that all of a sudden they start telling the truth or they start acting in accordance with their beliefs. That's why these people who voted for the bill and never have to be accountable to voters, it makes you wonder who they really have been all of this time. There will be changes in the House leadership on the Democrat side. And I, I really love this. Steny Hoyer, longtime faithful Democrat, House Majority Leader from Maryland, carrying a lot of water for Nancy Pelosi and the party. He was quoted as saying, admitting that this process is unacceptable, and he blamed Senate Democrats for not doing their work on time. Little split there between the House and Senate. Apparently not only Republicans, who when they have both chambers have a problem with that. Hoyer said the bill should have been passed no later than September. Well, of course. Does your business delay its budget until it feels like it? Of course not. Did you get a 16.5% increase in your budget or perhaps in your pay? 
No, you did not. But Congress voted the legislative branch a 16.5% funding boost. 16.5%. $6.9 billion with a B dollars for the next fiscal year. Up nearly a billion dollars from the year before. And the bulk of the increase is going towards safety and security. Now, I have absolutely no problem with protecting our elected officials, whether they're in the Capitol building, they're in their offices, they're in their homes. Elected officials should be safe. So should judges and justices. These same people, however, who would love to limit your right to protect yourself and your family, have absolutely no problem hiring their own security people, do they? They have absolutely no problem. They don't even blush at giving themselves their own departments, their own agency, their own branch of government, a 16.5% increase in funding. Because, well, they need to have this additional protection. It's a scary world out there. Yes, those of us who live in the real world are aware of this. We're aware of high crime. We're aware that it appears that the justice system looks favorably upon one type of crime and not another, and the only distinction is political orientation. So I'm fine with protecting these people. If you're going to be a public servant, you should not be threatened. You should not be at risk for yourself or your family. But don't take away our ability to care for our families. It should be consistent. Wait, government consistent? Yes, I know. It's a radical concept, but we'll talk more about it when we come back. Jeff Stein in for Todd. Thanks for being along on the Todd Starn Show. I've noticed that when I go to the shopping mall and buy one of the towels, they just don't seem to work very well. They feel too soft and too lotion-y. They just don't absorb the water. Well, our good friend Mike Lindell over at MyPillow has found a solution, and you've got to get yourself one of his brand-new towels. These things are incredible. And best of all, they're made right here in the U.S., and all of his towels come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're going to be able to get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, all made with USA cotton. They are soft yet absorbent, and you're normally going to pay over $100. But thanks to our good friend Mike Lindell, $39.99. That's it. It's a great deal. All you have to do, go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels. Just enter the promo code STARNS or you can call 800-839-8506 for some incredible radio specials. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code STARNS. Welcome back to the Todd Starn Show. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd this week while he finishes work on his latest book. And we'd love to have you join this coast-to-coast conversation from the Liberty University studio. It's 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. 
I was going to call this omnibus spending bill the lump of coal that we all got, but, I mean, it, it's, it's a truckload of coal. And a truckload of pork, by the way, as well. And, and we're just hearing more and more examples because folks have actually read the bill. And it's a failure of leadership on all sides. Someone who knows an awful lot about leadership and conservative political thinking is Craig Shirley, the well-known New York Times bestselling author. A quartet of books on Ronald Reagan, to his credit. He has also written wonderful books about the World War II experience, the most recent, which we talked about on this program with him, called April 1945. Craig Shirley joins us now on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Thanks for taking the time to join the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein here. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And the same to you, sir. I always pay close attention when you offer a comment, but this one really struck me, and it was your tweet from uh, the 21st. Right. And I'm just going to read it to, uh, the, to the audience as follows. The time is now for Mitch McConnell to leave the Republican Party. He is unconservative, unethical, and unprincipled. He is nothing more than an insider and a hack. Go, Mitch, now. Close quote. What brought you, Mr. Shirley, to that? Uh, well, I think I came to uh, I came to that conclusion uh, w- along with a lot of other conservatives after uh, he participated in the uh, in the passage, and eighteen other Republican senators did too. By the way, uh, of the passage of this one point uh, seven billion dollar uh, omnibus bill, which you know, which and it also he said that uh, it was really offensive. He said the Republican Party's number one goal was it was aiding Ukraine. Really. <laughs> That's news to me. News to a lot of Republicans I know. I thought the number one goal was to help the American people. You know, we've got runaway inflation. We've got high gas prices, high, in, high uh, grocery prices. And they're worried more about Ukraine, uh, especially in this holiday season, than they are about the American people. So he's completely out of touch. And quite honestly, he confuses people because he's arguing for spending lots of money when I thought conservatives were about fiscal responsibility responsibility. For those who do not know the history as well as you do, Mr. Shirley, has Senator McConnell lost his way, or has he always been uh, softer than you and others might like on some of these key issues? I, th- I, think, I think it's a combination, quite honestly, is that uh, years ago, he was, he was never, you know, I know in 1976, uh, he was supporting Gerald Ford over uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, and, and later worked in uh, in, in, in various uh, administrations uh, in Washington. So he's he's always been an insider. He's always been part of the establishment. He's never been a movement conservative. Uh, he's never really. I mean, he's done some good things. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, uh, you know, stopping uh, judicial nominations and, and aiding judicial nominations. So he's done that. But you know what? He's supposed to. He's supposed to. He's a Republican. He's supposed to do those things. You know, it's like uh, saying, I should get a medal for not robbing a bank. No, you, 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 you're supposed to not rob banks. You get a medal for stopping other people from robbing, robbing a bank. So if he behaved like a Republican, then all, you know, good. But if he behaves like a Democrat, like on this, uh, like on this uh, spending package, then he needs, to, he needs to go. He needs to go. He's confusing people about what the Republican Party really stands for. Craig Shirley is our guest on the Todd Starn Show, Jeff Stein filling in. So as you look to this next Congress then, 
you've got Mitch McConnell hurrying to cut a deal with Democrats before members of his own party get the control in the House chamber. Yeah, that seemed to me to to be a thumb in the eye or just a cheap shot to show uh, uh, McCarthy and whom whoever is the speaker who's boss. Yeah, no, exactly right, Jeff. It was done. It was, it was hurried uh, under the cover of darkness uh, before the new Congress could uh, come in and, and uh, you know take control. And now they're going to try to ram it down our throats with with, with the House vote. Uh, is that so? It, it's just it, it, you know the contents of the package is if money for the United Nations, money for abortion clinics, money for this. You know the uh, Michelle. Michelle Obama trail in Georgia. It's just a lot of waste, fraud, and abuse. Washington has, is completely out of control, and much of the Republican Party. I, I, you know, I think I think I, I'm only speaking for myself, Jeff, but I think a lot of people around the country are just disgusted with the Republican Party as well as the Democratic Party. They see both of them part of the same corruption. Well, it's a uniparty approach where their number one goal is to get themselves reelected and to yeah. uh, send pork back home, right? Yes, exactly. You know, that's such a good point you just raised because, I, I, you know, I, I worked on, on the Hill many, many years ago, and we were about legislation. And I remember one guy, I was, I was interning for a senator from New York many years ago for Jacob Javits, and the chief of staff told me one time, he says, well, you know, he, he, he stopped, a, uh, I was throwing away a pen, I think, or something like that, or throwing away a pad of paper for some reason. He said, you, you shouldn't do that. You know, we don't want to contribute to the $1 billion Congress. We don't, you know, we want to, you know, per, uh, engage in fiscal responsibility. Now, Congress, of course, is, is, is spends billions of dollars, and their offices are geared toward two things, fundraising and communications. It's, one, it's all they're geared toward, not really, except for legislation to send pork home, uh, but not, not about white papers, not about ideology, not about thinking about things. Um, the, the Republican Party has just become just as corrupt as the Democratic Party. Craig Shirley joining us on the Todd Starn Show. Well, as they always said, watch the pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. So if uh, my, my grandfather used to say that. <laughs> All right, so I recall back when the Republicans had the majority in the House and the Senate during the start of the Trump administration, and Paul Ryan was the speaker. Right. And I think he had already announced he was not running for re-election. Right. And I was at a, an event in Iowa where he came to speak on behalf of Republicans, and he complained mightily about the hundreds, literally hundreds of bills that his House had passed that... Senator McConnell did not take up in the Senate, and he right. feared backlash. Well, guess what? They lost the chamber. Are we yeah. going to have uh, uh, problems, uh, big splits? And I understand that the Democrats will have the majority in the Senate, uh, but will there be a division yeah, of the, the policy? Your question is yes, but it's happened many times with the Republican Party, Jeff, and I think we're going to witness it again, is that uh, there's one side conservatives fiscal responsibility and then the, the other side of the insiders profligate spending you know rules don't uh, affect me i'm just here to get reelected and i'm just here to send pork home or to uh, send money to you and we're spending what 600 billion dollars more to ukraine i mean it, it, come on you know it's, it's what what is england doing what is france doing what is spain doing it's a european problem it's not you know 
I believe what Reagan believed, which is to project American power to protect American interests. We have no interest in Ukraine. We have no interest whatsoever. And we, we, we risk uh, making this a wider war and possibly, you know, a nuclear war at that. So I think we ought to tread very, very carefully before we go headlong into uh, another European war. Have we not spent as a country more to help Ukraine than the entire Russian military budget for a year? Did I read yeah, that right? That, that, I, I think you're right. I think, I think you're right, Jeff, is that, is that the enormous amounts of money, enormous amounts, billions of dollars have flooded into uh, Ukraine. And, and, and uh, Zelensky's wife is jetting off to Paris on a shopping spree and, you know, posing for pictures by uh, celebrity photographers and things like that. I don't, you know... Uh, They're not taking it seriously, so I don't think we should either. Craig Shirley is joining us, New York Times bestselling author, joining us on the Todd Starn Show, Jeff Stein filling in. They always say you can't beat somebody with nobody. Is there anyone within the 49-member GOP caucus who could get 25 votes so that Mitch McConnell is edged to the side? I don't know. You know, I, I, you know, I don't have a. I broke my crystal ball, so I can't, I can't see into the future. But you raise an interesting point with your last question, which is that about a division in the Republican Party. This has happened. Unlike the Democratic Party, the Democratic Party since 1932 and Franklin Roosevelt and the New Deal has generally been the party of government and, in fact, big government, uh, and they they've been that way for the last 70, 80, 90 years. Whereas the Republican Party has gone for from being a, a Me Too party under, like, Eisenhower to a revolutionary uh, conservative party, anti-government party under Reagan. So the, the Republican Party has had many fights and many fissures over the, over the many years. You know, you had uh, Eisenhower versus Taft and Nixon versus Rockefeller and Goldwater versus Rockefeller and, uh, uh, you know, then Reagan versus Ford. And, and again with the Bushes, who moved the party back toward a big government party, uh, is that the, these fights have gone along uh, and, and, uh, through in the Republican Party. And I think we're going to see it again. The party is going to subdivide itself, and it's going to go through another evolutionary change, and you're going to see more House members emerge as conservative leaders fighting for a conservative uh, uh, answer to, uh, to to Biden and big governmentism and all the wasteful spending. Well, that leads me to this exit question for Craig Shirley. All right, it, do the young members, the up and comers, those who will be taking the oath in a week, the the future, if you will, do they understand what Reagan conservatism really means? And if not, how do you get that education out to these people? Such a good question. I you know. Um, you and I understand it because uh, we lived it, uh, and, and I've written about it, and, uh, and, and you've articulated it. And I guess the thing to do is, is simply communication. Is that, like you said before, you can't be something with nothing, but we have an answer of, of something, and we need to articulate it as forcefully as possible uh, through through talk radio, through talk television, Newsmax through newspapers, the Washington Times, Washington Examiner, and, and, and present our solutions to the problems. So we've got a great opening right here politically, 
by saying Joe Biden cares more about Ukraine than he cares about the American people because he's spending more time and more on that, on Ukraine than he you know and helping them build walls, help building walls and in, in, we're building walls in the Middle East, but we're not building a wall for our own border. You know, <laughs> we're not doing anything to secure our own border. There's no money in the package. To, to secure our border, and they're coming over, uh, you know, by the, you know, what, 250,000 came over just in one month. Yeah. It's not it's not stopping. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. So, you know, we have the answers, that a conservative answer to everything. It's just that we need to have the courage to articulate it and stand by it and stand up to uh, what is it, what McConnell and other liberal Republicans are doing. I always learn so much when we have the privilege of having you on my various radio programs. Mr. Shirley, thank you so much for sharing this insight. Have a very happy New Year, sir. You too, Jeff. Thank you so much. Craig Shirley, he is the author of four books on Ronald Reagan and his most recent effort, April 1945, The Hinge of History, and just riveting stuff that he writes. And so he knows the movement. He lived it. He has written about it. And he is calling for Mitch McConnell to leave the Republican Party. Love to get your thoughts on this. Charles, hold on the line. I need to take a break. I don't want to cut you short. We'll give you plenty of time on the other side. It's 844-747-8868. 844-747-8868. Jeff Stein in for Todd. This is the Todd Starn Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in. I've got four minutes left in this hour and two callers. You see how the math's going to work on this? Charles, you're listening to WSIC in North Carolina. You go first. How are you, sir? Hey, Jeff. Uh, good afternoon, and thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, Jeff, I agree. Uh, Mitch McConnell needs to uh, resign from the Republican Party, as, in my opinion, a lot of others do. And as a lifelong Republican, and I've been one for 42 years, I just can't tell you the level of disappointment I feel uh, and the betrayal I feel by the, just things that the Republicans have voted for the last year. But, Jeff, regarding this $1.7 trillion uh, omnibus bill that includes $845 billion for defense, yes, 100% of that is all borrowed money. It's going to be printed. The interest payments on that money are going to approach $800 billion a year because of uh, rising interest rates. And for people, and especially Republicans, that supported this because of the defense budget, 
I just want everybody to know that not one dime of that $845 billion is going to protect an America from an actual invasion that's occurring right now. When you've got ten to 20,000 people a day coming across our southern border, and, you know, none of them are Russian, they're not Chinese, they're not Europeans, but they're people that are coming here to remake the United States, and it's being done intentionally. And it's just a sense of betrayal, Jeff, and I don't know. I mean, to me, it's treasonous what the Republicans and Democrats have allowed to happen. Charles, you're absolutely right, and thank you for the call. I'll make the point even stronger that as this administration is pushing for higher interest rates through the Fed, what do you think that's going to do to the interest on our debt? Every time the Fed cranks up the uh, interest rates, that is only multiplying the amount of money we're going to have to pay back. Carlotta, you're calling in from Rhode Island. Thanks for calling the Todd Starn Show. What's on your mind today? What's on my mind is that I've been so frustrated. What can the average American do? What can we do to, to counteract the nonsense that's going on? And I came up with something. Please. I am going to call as many radio hosts as I can, and I hope everyone who hears this does the same, and just tell the government we are not going to be gaslighted. We are going to vote for President Trump, whether we love him or hate him, because he's a man who loves his country and you're trying to destroy him. And that is why we are voting for him. We will not be gaslighted. We don't believe a word you say. We don't believe in the FBI anymore. We don't believe in the Justice Department anymore. And we are the new resistance. But this time, the resistance is against everything, every word that is coming out of the government and the main media's mouth. You're absolutely right, and could I suggest that you expand that to members of the House and Senate, calling their offices as well to get the message across? Yes, but I I wanted to go out on the airwaves because then exponentially, perhaps people who hear it will do the same. Oh, you're absolutely right. Carlotta, thank you for calling the Todd Starn Show from Rhode Island. A couple of very smart callers, because we have smart listeners to this program. We know this, right? But this is the key. And I don't know if you had these conversations around the Christmas tree or getting together uh, with friends and family, but there, there is this sense of frustration, yes, but also a sense of we have to do something. And this is the key. If you don't like what's going on, you have to do something. Let your voice be heard on programs like this, in your communities, and to your elected representatives. Wow, that was a fast first hour from the Liberty University studio. We've got more coming up. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd on the Todd Starn Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And welcome back to the Todd Starnes radio program. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd this week. Good to be with you from the Liberty University studio. 
And thanks to the folks at the flagship, the Mighty 990 in Memphis, for keeping things rolling on a Tuesday. 844-747-8868 is how you can connect with this coast-to-coast conversation. That's 844-747-8868. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll speak with Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale. We'll ask about this omnibus spending bill. He voted against it. Thank you very much. We'll also talk about the border, both topics that you folks have called in about already. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. I'm pleased now to welcome, via the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, a return guest to the program. She is Dr. Wendy Patrick, a career prosecuting attorney and nationally known news analyst. She's online at wendypatrickphd.com. Dr. Patrick, a belated Merry Christmas, and thanks for taking the time. Hey, Jeff, it's always a pleasure to join you. Thank you for having me. You did some research and came up with some lawsuits that are actually pending in court. And as a lawyer myself and, and you the same way, you don't just file frivolous lawsuits. They can uh, come after a lawyer ethically for it. But uh, these are lawsuits that I guess uh, had enough to get inside the, the courthouse door, but not much more. And since it's uh, sort of the noon hour as people are listening to this lunchtime, Let's talk about food, and I have one of these in my desk, one of a different brand, but it's the microwavable mac and cheese. It, it's probably not very good for you, but it's good on the run when you're doing radio programs over the noon hour. Talk about why somebody sued the Kraft Heinz Company, other than the fact that they have money. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, we call this episode Food Court, which I think is telling, because uh, <laughs> if it's over the noon hour for you. But, you know, people, there's an awful lot of lawsuits about food products. You know, you think you're getting one thing, you get another. The mac and cheese story is interesting, Jeff. I'm willing to bet not only does it taste good, it's comfort food, we all like it, but one of the reasons you probably have it is the same reason this plaintiff had it, because it's fast. It's not something that takes you forever to make. There's not a lot of, of steps involved. It's that, that pesky 3.5-minute estimate that formed the basis of this lawsuit. I mean, we get it. Time is money. Everybody understands that. But she's basically claiming, the woman that filed this suit, that that three and a half minutes didn't take into account everything that got everything involved. I mean, you have to open the package. You have to read the instructions. Maybe if you're like me, you know, you've got to find the right pair of glasses, depending on the size of the font. But it didn't take 3.5 minutes, and that was time-consuming. So you see that that's just one genre of some of these lawsuits that you see filed is they are nowhere near as simple as the package would have you believe. But as I recall, and and I'm right with you on finding the right pair of glasses, uh, I hate to admit it, but... It points out that different microwaves cook at different levels. It points out that you have to stir it and let it sit and all of these things. I'm just trying to imagine somebody coming into my law office and saying, this took four minutes, not three and a half. I want to sue. I mean, am, am I off base by thinking that's just a little, little too intense on the uh, plaintiff's part? Well, you're not alone in that sentiment. Remember that famous scene in My Cousin Vinny where they're talking to the jury about how to cook grits and how self-respecting people don't cook grits quickly. They slow cook grits. Who's to say that different microwave levels don't produce a different level of creaminess, shall we say? I mean, we like our mac and cheese, some like it runnier. They mix things into it. They mix in melted cheese. Some like it plumper. There's so many variety of ways to make it. And I, I'll quote the Kraft Heinz Foods Company's description of the lawsuit as, quote, 
frivolous, which many people might agree on. But, Jeff, on the other hand, you point out that lawyers aren't allowed to bring meritless claims. So there has to be at least enough to get past that ethical bar. But how much more? Uh, Sometimes judges knock these suits out of court sooner rather than later. And again, when we're talking about truth in advertising, truth in labeling. And so if it says, ready in three and a half minutes... Well, somebody you just know is going to be looking at their watch. Similarly, if you're selling a product called Strawberry Pop-Tarts, just off the top of my head, I'm assuming they've got strawberries in them, but apparently I need to read more closely. Well, first of all, Jeff, if you're reaching for a box of Pop-Tarts, you probably aren't banking on a lot of nutritional value to begin with. (laughs) And therein lies the rub. You know, we lawyers like Latin. I'll I'll give you a phrase. Caveat emptor. Buyer beware. You know, you got to make sure you read the product. If you're reaching for a ding-dong and it's a strawberry ding-dong, you wouldn't expect that there's going to be real strawberry puree in the middle of it. Certainly not for 99 cents. Uh, But this is the type of lawsuit that begs the question again is, are you getting what you're paying for? I mean, think about it. The, the strawberry Pop-Tarts, what do they say on their labeling? They basically say it's a, it's a mixture. Um, it's a, not just strawberries. There's usually pears, apples, other things in there. But many of these products say naturally and artificially flavored. And if that's true, and if you buy it knowing that, or even if you buy it and don't read it, you can't just assume because there's a picture of a strawberry, it's not advertising the flavor. That's one of the reasons people buy these things. Now, I think you should have a, a, this particular lawsuit would probably have done a lot better if it was, you know, you're buying strawberry puree or frozen strawberries or even those, those strawberry roll-ups that our parents used to put in our lunchbox. Remember those? They claim <laughs> to have, like, a lot of nutritional value. Well, those might be, you'd have a, a better argument that you'd be safe to assume the actual fruit. Enough of it is going to be in those products. I don't think that claim stands up as well in Pop-Tarts. I didn't know they had strawberry ding-dong, so I'm learning a lot today. But uh, one thing I did notice, because, as you can tell, just don't open my desk drawer to see the kind of stuff I have in there to get through. But one of the things I've noticed is when you go down the aisle at the grocery store and you say you want to get a bottle of grape juice, and it says grape juice on the front. But if you look on the ingredients label, you'll see they've mixed all other manner of juice. But you also find sometimes that it says contains 28% juice. Well, if I see grape juice, I'm looking for the one that says 100%, and that's why that's so prominently uh, focused on the label, because of the fact that just saying grape juice doesn't mean it's going to be solely grape juice or even a majority of grape juice. Yeah, you know, labels matter, and we're learning that more as a society with every passing year. We're more nutritionally savvy. We look for expiration dates, and, you know, I mean, that's always been true to an extent, but when it comes to truth in advertising, there has to be a little bit of slack. There's no way anybody could you'd put a, you know, load up a package with so many disclaimers, there's no room for anything else, and that would almost have to be the standard if you're going to make sure you satisfy everyone. So there's a little bit of slack given companies. What we really look at as consumers and as truth in advertising advocates, as we all are, are products that are intentionally misleading, which intentionally purports to be one thing and are another. The gray area is the areas you and I are discussing. Well, how many times, you know, how many minutes does it take to be quote-unquote ready if it's mac and cheese? Uh, how many, uh, you know, how, how, what's the percentage of strawberries needed to be a strawberry Pop-Tart? And, you know, with, with grape juice, I mean, I think that's a great example because, you know, even from the time that I was a little grown up, you know, shopping with my mom, 
we would look at labels to see what was 100%. So even back then, I won't say how long ago that was, but you're my contemporary, so surely you remember this. <laughs> even back then, there was a concern that parents had as we're not just going to buy grape juice and it turns out to be Kool-Aid. Zero nutritional value. It's all that BHT and BHA, red color three, remember that? All those things oh, yeah. that back in the day were, were flagged as being you know, potentially cancer-causing. That's not true anymore today. People have to understand that they are also, they kind of read a little bit of the label before, you know, just jumping to conclusions that they're going to get exactly what the package says. Well, go ahead and mention how many years, because it's longer for me. Uh, I got you beat on that one. Dr. Wendy Patrick, attorney, <laughs> news analyst on the Twitter machine at Wendy Patrick, Ph.D. She joins us on the Todd Starn Show, Jeff Stein filling in. A lot of times the packages, though, are created by people in a marketing division, and so they find a nice-looking picture, but that might not totally tell the story of the product, and that has to do with a honey mustard product that uh, someone filed a lawsuit on. Not just a lawsuit, big old class action lawsuit. Yeah, so great value honey mustard at Walmart apparently is sweetened with more sugar than honey. And the problem here is that the label apparently has pictures of dripping honey. It says made with real honey. and But we go back to the same analysis. You don't ever want a product that's going to falsely lead somebody to believe they're getting something other than what they're really getting. So when you look at the way these words are phrased, okay, made with real honey, okay, that's true, there's honey in it, um, doesn't say there's more honey than sugar, and that kind of claim, I mean, that kind of, you know, sweeps in the grape juice thing, that that kind of claim has been around for years that it's not necessarily misleading, but I do have to say, I find the pendulum swinging in some of these, uh, with some of these products, and I don't know whether it has something to do with coming out of a pandemic and the supply chain shortages, but people more than ever don't have the discretionary spending that they enjoyed in years past to simply buy something, get it home, and realize it's not what you wanted, and sometimes already have opened it and not be able to take it back. So I have my eye on these lawsuits, wondering whether or not courts are going to really, you know, take these in con- into consideration and saying, you know, we're not going to put it all on the consumer. We're also, especially in time when we're trying to, you know, make that dollar last a little bit longer, we want to make sure people get the nutrition they need, right? There's always a public value in nutrition. And we want to make sure that they're going to be able to to recognize it when they see it and not be lured by false claims that a product is what it isn't. And in a case like this, if you buy something that says sweetened with honey, you probably wouldn't expect there to be more sugar than honey once you look at the ingredients. And in our remaining minute or minute and a half with Dr. Wendy Patrick, I don't know that you've ever gone to a restaurant where the pictures in the menu resemble what they wind up serving you. I don't think I have, but that led to another lawsuit against a hamburger chain. You know, we see these hamburger lawsuits pop up now and then because part of the um, the way in which some of these burgers are photographed is before they're cooked because, of course, cooking shrinks the meat. And that's true today at Wendy's. Um, it's been true in the past at other fast food chains that you and I have discussed on the air. But it's also that question of expectations. And, you know, because we only have a minute, I'll just say... Do you really, when you look at that menu, expect to get a product that looks exactly like the picture? Uh, sometimes you do. Most of the time you don't. But you wonder whether or not that's actually something worthy of a claim of false advertising. Because remember, you don't know who's working at the particular chain in question and how well they're attempting to replicate those wonderful visuals that you look at before you buy. Or whether they're just meant to whet your appetite, as we know they do. 
Her most recent book is called Red Flags, How to Spot Frenemies, Underminers, and Toxic People in Your Life. You can learn more at her website, wendypatrickphd.com. Dr. Patrick, thank you so much for taking the time. This was a fun conversation as opposed to some of the really depressing stuff. Have a very good start to 2023, and we'll talk again soon. Sounds like a plan. Thank you, Jeff. Dr. Wendy Patrick, kind enough to join us on the Todd Starnes program. 844-747-8868 is how you can connect with us. We'll take your calls after this short break. Jeff Stein in for Todd. Thanks for being along on the Todd Starnes Show. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes Show. I'm Jeff Stein, filling in for Todd this week from the Liberty University studio. Give us a call if you would, 844-747-8868. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, we will speak with Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale. At the top of the next hour, Arizona Governor Candidate Carrie Lake. Talk about a lump of coal in your Christmas stocking. We'll get the update on that ruling from an Arizona judge that was handed down on Christmas Eve and where she goes from here. Also in our next hour... We'll speak with the National Director of Priests for Life, Father Frank Pavone. All that coming up on the Starns program today. And again, your calls as well at 844-747-8868. I don't know if people give certain gifts these days. I mean, it used to be that that you would give thoughtful gifts for Christmas, birthdays, whatever. Uh, but you, but you try to think of something that somebody would need, and so often, especially for somebody just starting out, you might get them a set of towels or sheets, and, and how do you decide what towels to get? Well, you go to the store, you see a certain brand, you want to have the right color because these things are important, but you also check to see how it feels. Ever had one of those situations where you think, this is going to be a really good absorbent towel? And then you go and you take a shower and then you realize you've just done all of the toweling off, but you're still wet. This is no way to start off your morning for those of us who take a shower first thing to start our day. Those are the experiences that led the folks at MyPillow to develop the MyPillow Towels. They actually work. They're absorbent. And if you've ever held one and used one, you know that... What you see on the TV commercial where Mike puts it on top of a puddle of water and it absorbs it all, that's really what happens. No joke there. Their six-piece towel set includes just everything you need, two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Variety of colors. You can get a six-piece set, two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths, for only $39.98, but you have to use promo code STARNS. So go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special link, and use your promo code STARNS for the six-piece towel set for only $39.98. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Who does this? Who does this? Well, obviously Mike Lindell does because it's a product they're willing to stand behind, and you're going to really see the difference. So to get this great, amazing offer on the six-piece set of MyPillow towels, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special, and enter promo code STARNS, or if you'd prefer to use the phone, do that. 800-839-8506. 800-839-8506. 
or MyPillow.com with promo code STARNS. 844-747-8868 is how you can reach us on this Tuesday edition of the Todd Starnes program. I pause because I have to keep looking. Because it's, you know, I, I worked from home yesterday. So that's not really like working. And so here we go. It's a four-day, quote, work week. And so I, I think it's Tuesday. Someone said that to me uh, about, you know, the one bad thing about the holidays is it takes you to mid-January before you're back to everybody has finished the vacation that they've been trying to burn off or get back to the normal work schedule. Todd, by the way, is away this week working on that book that uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing when it comes out. In the meantime, don't hesitate to go to toddstarns.com. And under the store link right there on the main page, it fires up quickly. I'm doing it right now in my studio in Iowa. The most recent book is called Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl. It's a fun book, and it is a book that uh, is really helpful at uh, this interesting time in our lives. And if you want to see, uh, in our past hour, Craig Shirley said he broke his crystal ball. Well, you know, Todd Starnes had a good crystal ball when he wrote the book Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. And that book came out some time ago, and everything about it came to pass. That's what's really striking about it. And so if you want to not only get schooled up on some of these key issues— but also have a little diversion uh, for those times when life gets a little too serious. Got it all there, toddstarns.com, Culture Jihad for all the serious stuff, Our Daily Biscuit, Devotions with a Drawl, for those days where you might just want to start off with a smile on your face. And that's how you should start every day, of course, after your morning prayers. When we come back after this break, Congressman Rosendale from Montana, Jeff Stein in for Todd. Thanks for being here on the Todd Starns Show. Welcome back to the Todd Starn Show. I'm Jeff Stein, filling in for Todd this week. From the Liberty University studio, as always, 844-747-8868 is how you can join the conversation. If you're on the line right now, hold on. We will get to you shortly. But first, let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Return guest to the program, the congressman from the great state of Montana, Matt Rosendale. Congressman Jeff Stein, filling in for Todd. How are you, sir? Outstanding. How are you doing today, Jeff? I am doing well myself. I would have done better if more people had voted like you on this spending bill. You called it shameful. Tell me why you voted against it and why that rather strong word describes your view. Uh, golly, Dave, the, the reasons are too numerous to list them all, Jeff, but I will tell you, it's the, uh, it's the process and it's the product. So all the way around, this is just a disaster for our nation. You've got a $1.7 trillion piece of legislation that is uh, riddled with, I think, somewhere over 7,000 earmarks. Earmarks are nothing more than specific uh, spending provisions that different members were allowed to get inserted into the legislation, basically to buy their vote. Uh, so you have a single title which is supposed to be to fund government, and yet they have broadened that term out to fund government to mean many, many, many different things, depending upon who you're talking to. 
so that they can spend money in their specific districts. And then as we go through the process where the Republicans are going to take control over the House of Representatives on January the 3rd when we get sworn in with the majority, uh, this, this bill, this spending is going to tie our hands from really being able to impose any true reform to government over the next 10 months because the, the spending is all locked in uh, at a time when we could have used that to negotiate more security for our own southern border so that we could have used it to negotiate for uh, increased production of our domestic energy so the energy costs aren't up so high so that we could have used it as a uh, negotiating tool to get all of this woke agenda out of our military. But then, even beyond giving away, and McConnell did, and quite frankly, leadership in, in the House, up until it started looking uh, uh, c- uh, convenient to, to oppose this, then they came out and started. There were 219 members of Congress on uh, Friday that did not even uh, vote on the, on the legislation. They were not there. And so the way that they were able to cast their ballot was through what's called a proxy. So they had another member of Congress stand up and say, you know, John Doe from whatever state cast their vote yay on on this provision. And in order to accomplish that, Jeff, they had to sign a a statement that says, I'm only doing this because of the uh, COVID situation. This This was implemented under the Pelosi administration to allow her her. Of caucus, the Democrats, to, to begin voting, utilizing proxies so that they didn't have to be there because they were all horrified of COVID. And so they left this in place. 219 of the 435 members of Congress were not even there to vote on this particular thing. So again, it's, it's the process, it's the product, it's damaging to our country, it's damaging to the institution. And, and we have got to turn these types of things around. Congressman Matt Rosendale of Montana joining us on the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd this week. I had not seen reported anywhere until I saw it in, in your news release on your website that a majority of members of Congress were not even there. And this proxy thing has been abused for so long, I know there was a representative Democrat uh, from my state, got voted out in November, thanks in part to the fact that she turned in a proxy due to COVID and went with her family on a vacation to Europe. And I think there's probably plenty of COVID there. So I, 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 I don't understand how it is that the Republicans, and, and maybe it's a Senate issue, but you've allowed that maybe it was uh, there was plenty of blame to go around. The Democrats had their chance to do this on time. Why in the world reward them before Nancy Pelosi hits the bricks. Because there are members like Senator Shelby who are heading out the door mm-hmm. that were able to put $650 million of spending for their state, for their statues, to, for their legacy, for their little museums to be placed around the country that is more important than making sure that our grandchildren, we, we're well beyond grandchildren any longer we were looking at 31 trillion dollars of national debt that our our great grandchildren and and beyond are going to be saddled with this expense so they can spread their name around their respective states just because they happen to serve in in congress 
I think there were nine Republicans in the House who voted for the bill, seven of whom never have to face the voters again because they were on their way out the door. And in the Senate, what, 18 voted in favor, three on their way out the door, and another four had just gotten reelected. So, you know, to heck with the voters. What do you hear as you've talked to Montanans about what's going on in Washington? They're disgusted. Yeah, and here's, here's a conversation that we've been having for quite some time, Jeff. Um, everybody talks about Congress is broken, that they have the most dismal ratings of anything, you know, outside of the, uh, the cable guy who gives you an eight hour window that he wants to show up on to, to get his work done. So with all of these dismal ratings and the dysfunction that takes place, uh, we started having serious conversations months ago about, about how to change that. Okay. Every, everyone that I've spoke to or listened to, campaigns on fixing Congress. Congress is broke. Congress is broke. We have to fix it. Well, guess what? If, if you don't take out the wrenches and start changing some things, uh, you just leave everything in place as it is with the same people running the show, and you're going to hope that you get change? That sounds like an Obama slogan, right? Hope and change. They're hoping for change. Well, I wasn't sent up here to hope for change. I was sent to Washington to cause change. And so myself and a bunch of us sat down and said, what do we need to do to restore regular order so that Congress functions again the way that the founders had intended and the way that the founders used to have it functioning? And so there's some very simple provisions that we proposed in writing to, at that time, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, single-subject legislation. Amendments on the floor, open rule process to allow amendments to be proposed on the floor as long as they were germane, okay, to the actual legislation that we were talking about. A prohibition on earmarks, which is nothing more than the ability to buy votes. It's the currency of of corruption. Uh, Prohibition on passing bills by what they call unanimous consent, which basically they do with two people on the floor – and everyone else is gone. We're not even in Washington. And they make a motion to to um, to uh, adjourn the rules to uh, to adjourn to suspend the rules so that none of the rules are in place. And then they and no one is there to object. And then they'll pass legislation, fifteen twenty pieces of legislation, without anyone being there. And then finally, a provision that was in place for two hundred years. It's called the motion to vacate the chair, and what it is is the ability to keep check on the speaker so that the speaker doesn't go rogue. It was in place for 200 years. Nancy Pelosi did away with it. And so we proposed all of these things in writing to the, uh, at the time, minority leader Kevin McCarthy. And he chose not to have a discussion with us. Wouldn't even have a discussion with us. And the reason he wouldn't is because he thought he was going to have 250 to 260 Republicans in the Republican conference this session, and that the group of us were going to be irrelevant. And so we continued to try and initiate these conversations up until, lo and behold, the election took place, and we only have 218 that night. It turns out 222 Republicans, and and he's become much more willing to have conversations, but not willing to take the substantive steps that are necessary in order to put these things in place so that we can not radically change Congress, but to reform Congress so that we can restore our constitutional republic. 
Now, you might have heard me snicker as you were talking because I knew how the story was going to end. He didn't think he needed you. He was going to be able to have this huge majority, and so therefore, your concerns were not valid. And uh, obviously, he can only lose four members on any issue, including the vote for Speaker, and you know this better than I do, but that's the first vote the new Congress takes, is it not? It is. On January the 3rd, we will go in. There has been a contested speaker's race before. It has not been for quite some time, but in 1923, they had one. We've got well over, we've had 13 people come out publicly. Everybody talks about the five, the, you know, the fabulous five. We came out and very publicly, very early said, we're just, we're not going to support Kevin. But there has been many, many other individuals that have come out since. There were 36 members that voted against of him in the uh, conference, and we had a debate about earmarks. That's one of the provisions that we need to make sure that, that we keep maintain the prohibition on. They, they put a prohibition, Republicans did, just by rule, not by law, uh, back in, I think it was either 2006, 2008. And so they stopped using this swampy uh, technique to get money into legislation that basically bought votes from these members. And, oh, guess who, who has control over that, that money, where it goes to, and, and who gets to spend it? The Speaker! Yes. I, nothing so is... A lot of folks. We had, we had I was a lot just, of folks. We had 52. 52 yeah. members stood up and voted against earmarks that day. Hmm. It, 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 nothing is swampier than the stuff that you're describing, and I've never met Representative McCarthy, but I did talk with someone whose judgment I trust here in the state of Iowa. Representative McCarthy was uh, campaigning for uh, a Republican, and uh, the person I talked to said it appeared that Mr. McCarthy basically was out for himself, and that was the impression he was giving to people. And I, I will not ask you to, to weigh in on that, but I will ask as, uh, as a final couple of questions here, are you voting for Kevin McCarthy on January 3rd, and who will be the next Speaker of the House? Two-part question, sir. Okay, so the first part will make it real easy. No, I am not. I, I cannot uh, in good faith do that. Kevin McCarthy doesn't believe in anything except the next rung on the ladder, Jeff, for himself. And he makes whatever deal is necessary to climb up by using other people's money, contributors, lobbyists, and or taxpayers' dollars through the legislation that he allows to go forward. And that is why he is horrified of the motion to vacate the chair because it's the only tool that we have to keep him in check. And he will promise you something today that may be negotiated away tomorrow to someone else for something else. So it, it, what's it the old saying? You've got to believe in something or you fall for anything. Yes. And, and the, the people believing this, who is going to be the next speaker? There's a lot of discussions taking place right now with, with people that are members of Congress. The conversations about someone from outside of Congress have finally pretty much been put to rest. But there are members within Congress, now that they recognize that, that Kevin is not going to have the votes, they are, they are willing to put their hand up quietly that they see that the crown has been toppled. But they still haven't come out real aggressively yet because he still has the ability to uh, impose his retribution upon everyone. Why is it? I've got a question for you. Why is it 
that we have not um, designated every single person for every committee, populated our committees with the chairs. No reason. We know who con- who's going to be serving in Congress. We know who everybody is. The steering committee, which actually meets and, and has these conversations, has done their work. Why haven't they been seated? Because that is yet another that is another uh, uh, provision that can be held against someone to call it what you want. There's a lot of fancy terms for it, but uh, leverage, you know, uh, negotiations, but it's blackmail. If you don't vote the right way, you're not going to get your seat. And that's all it boils down to. I was thinking of the word blackmail as you spoke it, Congressman, and there's no better way to phrase it. I thank you so much for your candor and for your passion, and we look forward to seeing how this uh, turns out. Happy New Year to you and yours, and good luck on this effort when it comes time to vote. Hey, thanks to you and thanks to uh, all your listeners, because you're the folks that are there holding government accountable. Congressman Matt Rosendale of the state of Montana joining us on the Todd Starn Show, making it very clear he will not be voting for Kevin McCarthy for Speaker when they convene on January 3rd. When we come back, I'm going to answer a question that a caller had who had to leave, but uh, stay tuned. I'll tell you the answer to the caller's question when we come back. 844-747-8868. Join the conversation from the Liberty University studio yourself. I'm Jeff Stein, filling in for Todd, and this is The Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to The Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein, filling in. Coming up in our next hour, Republican candidate for governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake, with an update on where that campaign stands, given the ruling handed down over the weekend, and we'll speak with Father Frank Frank Pavone, a pro-life leader well-known as the National Director of Priests for Life. He issued a statement concerning the defrocking that happened to him a few days ago. So we'll have Carrie Lake and Frank Pavone both in our next hour, and hopefully you as well, as we're here in the Liberty University studio. Jim called in from North Carolina at 844-747-8868 and had to drop off because he has a life and can't just sit on the phone waiting for a talk show host to uh, take the call. But he had a question, and I want to, uh, to answer it in our remaining moments. His question was, what's the process for the Senate to get rid of Mitch McConnell? Well, that has to do with the Republican caucus. McConnell is the Senate minority leader, minority party being the Republicans. There are 49 Republicans who will be serving in the new Congress. 25 have to select someone else. That's it. It's as simple as that. The caucus meets and decides who will be the leader. And so far, no one has been able to get 25 votes, the majority. That's why, after the election, McConnell couldn't wait to hold the vote. Waited, didn't even want to wait to see if Herschel Walker would have won in Georgia. Didn't want momentum to gather behind Rick Scott or someone else, arguably. So, because it's a secret ballot behind closed doors, and I understand the process and respect it, but there were 49 people voting. And at least 25 voted for Mitch McConnell. And until that changes, there will be no change. 
So, as we mentioned in the previous hour, you can't replace somebody with nobody. So who is it going to be out of the remaining 48? Yeah, 49 Republican senators. You take McConnell off that list, now you're at 48. Who among the men and women in that 48 can get 25 votes to become the new leader of Republicans in the U.S. Senate? It's as simple as that, and it's as complicated as that for all the reasons we've discussed. Carrie Lake, father of Frank Pavone in the next hour, hopefully you as well. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. You're listening to The Todd Starn Show. University studio in Memphis, Tennessee. It's common sense conservative commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes radio program. It is our number three on this Tuesday, and I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd this week from my home base. At Iowa's home for the Todd Starn Show, News Talk 1540 KXEL. So good of you to join us here in the Liberty University studio. Join the conversation, please, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Later in this half hour, we'll be speaking with pro-life leader Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. They're online at priestsforlife.org. This has been a topic of conversation on this program and other places. Father Pavone was defrocked, and uh, the timing was uh, more than a bit curious. The action was more than a bit curious, and we'll speak with him coming up a little later this hour. 844-747-8868 is how you can reach us, and we'll have time for calls in the last half hour of the program today. There is a sense, and I don't think it's just with the people calling, I think it is pretty rampant around this country, there is a sense of frustration. There is a sense of how do we get better, because we deserve better. We had a caller in the last half hour say, all right, you've made the case against Mitch McConnell, how do you get rid of him? Well, it's got to come from within that group of Republicans. Same thing when we're talking about the U.S. House and the Speaker issue. We'll talk about those in the next half hour. Joining us now on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line is the Republican candidate for governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake. Ms. Lake, Jeff Stein calling in from Iowa, filling in for Todd today. How are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. I'm doing great. Good to hear. Good to be on today. Good to talk with another Iowan, and I promise not to talk about our... Uh, time at the University of Iowa. I was there a bit ahead of you, but you have had, uh, well, this is a lump of coal, a Christmas Eve court ruling. Uh, For those who might have been paying attention to family, what happened over the weekend with this court ruling, please? Well, unfortunately, uh, the judge ruled against us, and, um, you know, that is unfortunate. We have a very strong case. I think this is the strongest election case the country has ever seen. We were able to argue two counts out of um, nearly 10. The judge allowed for that. And we presented um, more than a 1,000 pages of evidence, sworn declarations of people who 
worked at uh, MCTEC, which is where they count the votes, we're at the uh, ballot printing facility, talking about a zero chain of custody involving hundreds of thousands of ballots, not to mention the fact on Election Day in Maricopa County, where the majority of the population for Arizona resides, on Election Day, when the Republicans and our supporters showed up to vote, uh, they decided to switch things up with their ballot printers and print a 19-inch image on a 20-inch ballot paper. And that caused the tabulators to jam. It caused lines of three to four to five hours. It disenfranchised hundreds of thousands of people who were out to vote. And many people just walked away because they couldn't wait in line any longer. And we presented that in court with an excellent um, case. If, If any of your listeners watched it, they know that it was an incredible case. And unfortunately, the judge ruled against us. And now my opponent, the defendant, is trying to uh, lodge sanctions against me and our attorneys. And we just filed a rebuttal to that yesterday. And we're hoping that the judge rules for us in that. But we're going to appeal this. As a matter of fact, we are already working on filing a notice of appeals that will be presented to the court today. And we're asking for it to be expedited. And we're not going to stop because our elections are rigged here in Arizona and probably other places around the country. And if we don't have free and fair and honest elections, then we've lost our country. And I'm looking at what's happening around this country, and we have lost control of our government. We're watching the FBI control our um, all of the social media and censor us when it comes to free speech. And it's frightening where this country is going. And so I'm standing up right now and fighting to take it back by taking back our freedom and our uh our elections so that we the people decide who represents us. GaryLake.com is the website. There's a donate button in the upper right-hand corner if you're so inclined. Ms. Lake joins us on the Todd Starn Show. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. As a lawyer, I know you can file motions for sanctions, try to get the other side to pay, etc., but this seemed to be an attempt to bully you and your supporters they didn't need to file it immediately like this. This just seems to be another act of intimidation to try to stifle the will of the people and transparency. Well, I mean, it's obvious that my opponent, Katie Hobbs, has no respect for the rule of law. And she's out there trying to, um, you know, inflict, I guess, pain on me. But I'm not afraid of them. What I am afraid of is an America where we don't have honest elections. And that's what we're looking at right now here in Maricopa County. The people who ran our elections in Maricopa County, the two men who ran them, started up a PAC, a super PAC, to raise money to defeat me while I was on the ballot. Katie Hobbs, my opponent, actually was in charge of the state's elections while she was on the ballot. Um, They've lobbied against election integrity. They've worked to censor any discussion of our elections. Not to mention the machines didn't work on Election Day. Not to mention that hundreds of thousands of ballots had zero chain of custody. It is outrageous. And if we don't stand up right now, if we the people don't stand up and fight for honest elections, then I I really do fear where our country goes. And this is um, we're, we're seeing the result of what happened in 2020 with Joe Biden in office. We're on the verge of a war. We have an economy that is in complete failure. We have a wide open border. And we have crime that's spiking, a a drug crisis across the country. And that's because our elections are a mess and we're not actually in charge of picking who is representing us. And that's why this is the issue of the day, in in my opinion. 
Remind people how many vote difference was there. And my point in asking is, it could be that a very small issue could have an absolute turnaround in the outcome, correct? Well, this wasn't a small issue. Remember that our voters were showing up on Election Day. Yeah. They don't trust the system. They don't trust elections. And so they showed up, and, and three to one were voting for me on Election Day. That's a fact. Seventy-five percent of the people who showed up on Election Day were voting for me. And the only way to stop our movement was for them to sabotage Election Day operations, which is exactly what they did. They sabotaged Election Day operations. The minute polls opened, the tabulator started jamming in 60% of the voting locations. The tabulators were jamming. The ballot printers were printing out the wrong image ballot, which caused the tabulators to jam. That immediately sparked massive lines that, as I said, went on for blocks and lasted for hours. People could not vote. They were walking away. And we had evidence to prove that. We had expert testimony to prove that. And the only way, our, our testimony from our experts, our experts said the only way for that to have happened was an intentional act. It was not accidental. Somebody didn't just bump into the ballot printers and cause them to print the wrong image on the paper. This was intentional. And we are going to continue to appeal this case. Anybody who watched it knows what happened. They saw people perjure themselves on the stand. And we're just not going to stop and say, well, you know, the judicial branch ruled against us. We will push this up to the Supreme Court. It did affect our elections. There's a 17,000 difference in vote. But when you see that our people were showing up on Election Day and they sabotaged Election Day, you really see the problem. And we have we have a sworn declaration saying that 300,000, roughly 298,000 ballots had zero chain of custody. We don't even know where they came from. It's their legal ballot. But we do know one thing. If there's no chain of custody, they are invalid ballots, and they shouldn't be counted. So our elections are run terribly. They don't care that people are disenfranchised. And if what happened in Maricopa County would have happened in any Democrat-run city in any urban center of any Democrat-run state or city, the left would be up in arms, and they would redo the entire election. But because it happened to Republican voters, they don't care. This is definitely the front line, and the protection of the election is key to our future. Carrie Lake, good luck with the appeal on this, and we look forward to seeing you be properly sworn in as governor of Arizona sooner than later. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Carrie Lake, she is the Republican candidate for governor of Arizona. They are appealing the adverse ruling handed down over the weekend. When we come back, Father Frank Pavone joins us on the Todd Starnes program. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd. 844-747-8868 on the Todd Starnes Show. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes Program. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd this week. From the Liberty University studio at 844-747-8868, we have covered a lot of territory today. Call in now, get in the queue, and we'll take your calls after the bottom of the hour. Joining us now on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line is the National Director of Priests for Life, 
Strong pro-life leader. You've heard him mentioned on this program before, Frank Pavone. Father Pavone, thanks so much for taking time to join the Starnes program. This is Jeff Stein. How are you today, sir? I'm good. It's a pleasure, Jeff. Good to be with you in our audience. So catch people up. I know it's a topic that this audience has followed, but catch people up about what has happened to you over the past couple of weeks and where you go from here, please. Yes, well, you know, I lead uh, what could be described as a reform movement within the Catholic Church on the matter of abortion. Uh, the teaching is clear enough, and everybody knows that, you know, the Catholic community has always been clear anti-abortion. Uh, but it's a question of giving it more emphasis, giving it more priority, especially now with the reversal of Roe. And so we've been a thorn in the side of those who are, you know, they want to be politically correct, they don't want to put too much emphasis on this, uh, they think I'm being too... Uh, you know, putting too much focus on abortion. And so over many years, uh, and some in the Church uh, have opposed my work, uh, which, as you said, is called Priests for Life, but it's not just for priests. And um, most recently, they've actually, from the Vatican, uh, imposed a, a punishment on me, saying I can't be a priest anymore. And it's not for any crime or anything that I've committed. It's, again, for these disagreements about... Uh, about my about my uh, about my work, so we are actually uh, Jeff getting a tremendous uh, outpouring of support from what right clear across the body of Christ, um, because our work is interdenominational. We're just trying to save babies' lives and heal the wounds of abortion. And so the latest developments are that you know that, that I think this is blowing up in in the in the faces of those who are trying to cancel me and cancel our uh, pro life work because the support has been. So incredibly strong. I don't pretend to know all the tenets of your faith, but it seems to me that those who seek power, influence, etc. within the church are willing to look the other way if it gets them the political endorsement or adulation they seek. Am I missing something? Oh, Jeff, you hit the nail on the head. You know, everybody knows, you know, no matter what their religious background, the problem is that you know, uh, Joe Biden has caused in this regard, and Nancy Pelosi for many, many years. You know, they're trying to make themselves out to be practicing Catholics, and meanwhile, they don't know the difference between uh, helping people and uh, killing babies. I mean, it's just out so outrageous. It's outrageous enough that they take those positions, okay? But what's even more outrageous is that the religious leaders of the very denomination that they claim to belong to are afraid to call them out on it, for the most part. Some do call them out. I call them out, too. And that's one of the things that some of the bishops have said they don't like. They don't like my support of President Trump. And I said, well, look, I'm not making that President Trump into a saint. I'm not making support for him into a dogma. I'm just saying pragmatically at the moment, you know, and when I, this was back when, you know, we were we had the first campaign and the second campaign. I said, you, we, we, if we want to accomplish our mission of not only ending abortion, but securing the freedom of the church, this is the best way forward. You're not going to okay, put the Democrats in there, for goodness sake. So this has been, Jeff, very much the explanation. You know, they've got their, they've got their Democrat friends in high places, and they don't want to offend them. And then someone like me comes along, but then builds up this gigantic ministry that does offend them. And, they, and they're in a, in a pickle because the bishops say, oh, we can't control this guy. We can't control this ministry. We can't control this message. He's going to CPAC. Uh, meetings. He's going to conservative uh, gatherings. We don't want the Catholic Church represented there. That's what some of these bishops are saying. And so they've tried, Jeff, for 21 years to silence me, to slow me down, 
to give me a different assignment. It hasn't worked. And so now they figure, okay, the only thing we have left to do is to, is to kick him out of the priesthood. And lo and behold, I'm still talking. Frank Pavone joining us on the Todd Starnes program. Jeff Stein filling in for Todd today. Father Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Priestsforlife.org is the website. So with regard to the movement that you have been spearheading, where does this go from here? in terms of activities, actions, etc.? Uh, Jeff, it goes full speed ahead. Uh, we've got a team. We employ about 50 people, so we've got a nice big team. We have thousands and thousands of clergy uh, that associate themselves with us around the country, and we, uh, uh, we have uh, many branches of the ministry that most of the work does not even require you know, priestly functions, if you will. We broadcast, we educate, we do seminars, we bring pro-life leaders together. We'll be bringing them together for a national summit meeting here at our headquarters uh, in February. Uh, we'll lead we'll lead the national prayer service at the on the day of the March for Life. In fact, if any of our listeners are going to the March for Life, join us. It's an interdenominational service that morning, January 20th, and uh, I lead that service. And that'll be at nationalprayerservice.com. So all these activities, the healing after abortion, it all continues uh, full speed ahead. Were you surprised at the move that was taken, or is this sort of a, what took you so long? Because this, as you say, has been a two-decade-long issue, shall we say. It was it was uh, what took you so long. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you exactly what I was doing when I heard about it. I was in our in our TV studio taping uh, some short pro life uh, uh, radio and TV spots. So a staff member called me out of the studio, told me the news. I said, "Okay, thank you very much." I turned right around, I went back in the studio, and I taped for another hour. So it's like you know, they have been you know, if this had been a fair process, or if they had some you know legitimate. Uh, 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 gripes about me for doing something wrong. Listen, we're all sinners. You know, I'm, I'm humble enough to know that. Uh, you know, we all learn from each other. We all learn from our mistakes. Very often, we are our own worst enemies. And when something bad happens to us, the first question should be, okay, where am I at fault here? But having taken all those steps, we also have to realize that, hey, you know what? When you're mistreated, you got to fight back. You know, President Trump has taught us that. Uh, and all of us who defend life and marriage and family and America and freedom, uh, we have to know how to fight back and fight back hard when what, what people are doing to us uh, just amounts to abuse, cancel culture. And just like we see, Jeff, final, final thought on this, just like we see in the government now, the weaponization of certain procedures and institutions against one's political enemies I, I, I'd like our, our listeners to understand this is what's happening now in the Catholic Church. It's a weaponization of otherwise legitimate procedures against people whose views, oh, they just happen to be a little bit too conservative. Father Frank Pavone, thank you for the time. Priestsforlife.org is the website. Thank you, Father Pavone. Break now, back on the other side. Jeff in for Todd on the Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Todd Starn Show, final half hour for this Tuesday. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd this week while he works on that book manuscript so that you can get your copy sooner as opposed to later. 
We're in the Liberty University studio at 844-747-8868. Come on in and join this conversation. We had two guests in the past half hour, and each, of course, joined us on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. And their stories are very different, but there is a running theme. If you missed it, go to ToddStarns.com and catch the Toddcast podcast later. But we spoke with Republican gubernatorial candidate in Arizona, Carrie Lake, and then more recently with Father Frank Pavone. And they are standing up for what's right. They're standing up for the values that made this country great, the ones you believe in. Now more than ever, it is important to stand up for what's right. And that's not just in the political realm. It's not just in the realm of faith. You need to support companies and organizations that share your values. And in that light, Patriot Mobile, we'd like to tell you more about, in case you're not aware. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. Sharing our beliefs, but even better, they do something about it. Because Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar to organizations that fight for causes you care about. You don't want to give your hard-earned money so that it can be spent on causes you disagree with. If you switch to Patriot Mobile now, it's a great idea. But if you use promo code TODD, you'll get free activation and a free gift. Nothing wrong with that. Patriot Mobile has the broadest nationwide coverage. They use the same towers other carriers use. They have plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for veterans and first responders, as well as multi-line users. Switching over to Patriot Mobile is quite easy. Here's what you do. Go online to PatriotMobile.com slash Todd, PatriotMobile.com slash Todd, or call their U.S.-based, thank you very much, customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. You get your special discount, you get free premier activation, but you have to use promo code TODD. That's PatriotMobile.com slash TODD, PatriotMobile.com slash TODD, or call 972-PATRIOT, again 972-PATRIOT. Give us a call and continue the conversation at 844-747-8868. I mentioned as we started this program today something about immigration, and the Biden administration hiding a report from the public. And I want to make sure we have time to talk about that before the end of the program. But I want to go now to the line and hear from Betty in North Carolina. She's listening on WHKP. Betty, thank you so much for calling the Todd Starn Show. What's on your mind today? What's on my mind is why Biden why no one has investigated why there is just money being poured into the, into Ukraine. And I believe it's because of what President Biden's son was getting at uh, through uh, what is it, Burisma. Yeah. He was getting 83, yeah, a week. So I think that has something to do why we have to keep dumping money into Ukraine. I mean, we're over a million dollars. And do you why think, hasn't anybody... I'd I'm sorry, like Betty, for jumping, jumping in on you. I just want to ask, do you think that we will have more accountability, more investigations, connecting of the dots, when the Republicans get control of the House in a week? Well, I hope they'll go after Biden on this Burisma thing, because I think that's why we're 
we're paying so much back to uh, Ukraine because of, of Biden's son, because of Hunter, what he was making with Burisma. And I think, you know, because uh, the, they are not the most reputable people, the Ukrainians. They haven't got a reputation for being so honest and, and above board. And I, I think he's just holding Biden uh, hostage to keep saying, you pay, you pay back every cent that we, that Barisma gave your son. Because don't you remember the situation where he told the, he told our Ukraine, unless you get rid of this, whoever it was, uh, you won't get the million dollars that we were going to give you. Right. And, uh, he left. He uh, he let that guy. He got rid of that guy, and then Hunters started getting eighty three. What it was eighty three billion? I don't know. Eighty three million. Anyway, I think that has something to do with why we're paying up the, you know what, for uh, Ukraine over a million dollars. I mean, and I think that should be investigated. Betty, thank you for the call and the excellent insight. I, and I completely agree. There, there are dots that need to be connected. You've got this preferential treatment given to Ukraine. Now, it is true that Russian aggression needs to be stopped. But why is Ukraine the spot for us to dump so much money? We're dumping more money into Ukraine. We, the United States, you, the taxpayer, we're giving more money and aid to Ukraine than the Russian military budget for an entire year for everything. So why are we doing that? Well, is this the last line of defense for democracy? That's what some would have you believe. But I don't know how you can ignore the ties between the Biden crime family and Ukraine. I don't know where it leads, because as Betty points out quite accurately, why are we not hearing about it? Well, the Democrats aren't going to go down that road. The formerly mainstream media isn't going to go down that road. The only hope is for Republicans to do their due diligence and investigate when the House has majority control in Republican hands. The problem with it is you've already heard this administration and others on the left dismiss it. Oh, laptop? That's old news. Well, it's only old news because you people suppressed it aggressively. From the Justice Department to social media, you are all in it together. So don't tell us it's old news when you are the ones keeping it from being news to begin with. 844-747-8868. Join the conversation. So whenever a, an administrative agency, government agency, etc., wants to hide something, hide bad news, they release it late on a Friday when they figure people won't be paying attention. Now, in a 24-hour news cycle, in an era when we have social media sites like Truth Social, Gitter, etc., so you can get good information, like ToddStarns.com, with the email alerts that I just got another one. I mean, talk about keeping you up to date. There are sources that are not shy to bring this out. And lo and behold, after business hours last Friday, the day before Christmas Eve, going into the holiday weekend, finally, 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 the Biden administration released data concerning encounters at the border. 
So here's the background. They have a monthly report. Here's the data. This comes from the federal government. Well, some were noticing that, hey, it got to be December 10th. Where's, where's the November numbers? It's December 15th. Where's the November numbers? December 20th. Where's the November numbers? Now we know why. Now we know why they did not release it until after business hours on Friday, December 23rd. Because it was another example of the dangerous failures of this administration. You all were focused on perhaps a winter storm, or perhaps you were focused on the blessings of Christmas with your family, or that obnoxious, bloated omnibus bill being railroaded through Congress. This didn't rise to the level of high enough on your radar, let's say, that some of you may have seen. Well, the Todd Starn Show was not sleeping on this. And the report shows another record number of encounters. Get this, 233,740. I'll say that again. 233,740 encounters along our southwest border last month alone. And that's an increase of 1% from the month before. Further, 16% of those had at least one prior encounter in the past year, meaning... They get encountered at the border, they get turned back, and they're not deterred in any way. In addition to what I just told you, 234,000, let's round up a little. In addition, the government, this is the government estimating 73,000 more were not apprehended. They just got away with crossing the border illegally. Put it into context and think about where you live. Think about a town of 73,000 people. That's got some size for most of you, I trust. What if you just took a whole new city with that many people and plunked it in the middle of your state? That would make a big impact, wouldn't it? You bet it does. Of the 234,000 encountered, 67,000, so let's just say a quarter of them, They were processed for expulsion under Title 42. The very policy this administration is fighting to eliminate. So what does that mean, friends? It means the official policy of this administration is to ignore our immigration laws yet again, ignore the security of our citizens yet again, and ignore health and safety, not only of Americans, but of those coming here illegally as well yet again. Now, I was uh, doing some show prep yesterday, and I was going back and forth on the TV. Newsmax, Real America's Voice, uh, Fox News, and they were all on commercials, so I went over to CNN. I figured somebody should watch CNN these days, so I went over to CNN. And they were doing a story on the southwest border, and they had what in TV is called a lower third graphic. Right, You see the little CNN logo, and then it has a, a little headliner description about the story. And when we come back for our final segment, I'll tell you what that headline said and why it is exactly the explanation for what's wrong with all of this. Still time for you to call in, 844-747-8868. 
I'll finish this when we come back from the Liberty University studio. I'm Jeff Stein, filling in for Todd. So grateful that you're along on this edition of the Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Liberty University studio and the final segment of the Todd Starn Show for today, Tuesday. I'm Jeff Stein filling in for Todd this week. 844-747-8868 is how you can join your friends from around the country and join this coast-to-coast conversation. Before the break, I was talking about the monthly report on migrants coming to this country, encounters at the border. And again, it's it's another record, 234,000. So yesterday, CNN was doing a report on this, and they ran one of those lower third graphics that said, this is a direct quote, DHS warns migrants of Title 42 enforcement, low temperatures at border. DHS warns migrants of Title 42 enforcement, comma, low temperatures at border. This is what's wrong with the whole thing. In this case, the ironically named Department of Homeland Security, that's DHS, they're issuing public statements saying to possible illegal immigrants, to invaders into our nation, they're saying, hey, that Title 42 thing that kept 67,000 of you out this month alone, that Title 42 thing... It's still going to be put in place, so be careful. Oh, and it's really cold this time of year. We're having a big cold snap everywhere, and so, uh, you know, be careful. May not have enough American Red Cross blankets to go around. That, friends, is what's wrong with this whole picture. The government says publicly to these would-be illegals, Title 42 might stay in effect. Better be careful. Oh, might be cold. Instead, CNN should have to accurately report on the administration and have the stripe at the bottom of the screen read, DHS proclaims zero-tolerance policy and resumes building a border wall. Because that's what should be happening. Zero-tolerance, resume building the wall. And I'm old enough to remember when we used to have something close to that during the presidency of Donald J. Trump. We obviously now don't. And when a sovereign state takes it upon itself to try to protect its citizens, spending its own money, like Texas building parts of a wall, Arizona with shipping containers, something To try to stop the invasion, this administration not only does not support following the laws of this nation, they in fact take those governors and those states to court to block this kind of activity. So we used to have immigration laws being followed at the border. Now we don't. And look at the result that we have. It is not too strong a word to call this an invasion. Because if you're in one of those states on the front line, how 
is your way of life being adversely affected each and every day. Some of these uh, folks who came into the country illegally were bussed to the vice president's official residence just in time for Christmas Eve. And the fine folks on the left said, this is just a stunt. Well, it got your attention, didn't it? You want these people in this country? Let's see how it is when they show up at your back door. This administration is making every area of this country a border state. I live in the free state of Iowa. We have a huge immigration issue. Every one of us lives in a border state. And we need to take action. And that used to be something real Republicans did. Let's see what this U.S. House can do when it comes time for them to take over in just uh, about 10 days, a week, I guess. By the way, if you go to ToddStarns.com, you should, and you should sign up for the email alerts, because this is the best headline I've seen all day. And this is at ToddStarns.com from uh, earlier in the hour. Here's the headline. Governor Kristi Noem got a flamethrower for Christmas. Unquote. If I lived in South Dakota, I would get a t-shirt that says, My governor can take your governor. And if you go to ToddStarns.com and click on that story, you'll see the governor of South Dakota with her flamethrower that her staff bought her. It's in action. This could not be better in any way. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff all day today, the last three hours. Great calls. Thank you all so much for calling in and participating. If you missed any of the conversations with these great guests, well, go to ToddStarns.com and listen to the Toddcast podcast. And until we gather again 21 hours from now, I'm Jeff Stein filling in this week for Todd. Bless you. Thank you for being here. You've been listening to The Todd Starnes Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.